Um, all right. So let's we got this we've got this rolling, okay? We're back. Week one was great. Back here with Darsh, but last week I just have to bring this up before I had to cut it out because it was in the beginning. But when I was going through the games, I was like, "Oh, Darsh, let's go over the Packers Saints game," and you're like, "Nah." Let's brush over that game. We've brought, we've got it in the bag. All the all the Saints have is um Alvin Kamara, right? That's literally what you said. Packers basically have this one in the bag. And um, would you care to break down how that <laughs> game played out for you there, Darcy? Yeah, uh, I was overconfident on the Packers, and guess what? The Packers are also overconfident themselves. Okay. I mean, you look through what everyone said after the game. First off, the game itself was absolutely just terrible. Yeah. The viewing experience from <laughs> either side. I'm sure the Saints Saints fans probably had a fun time seeing James, but it was a yeah. boring game all around. So it was not a great viewing experience mm-hmm. whatsoever. But two, as a Packer fan, I was pissed, okay? Yeah. You don't I mean, like Aaron Rodgers, say what you will about him. I mean, everyone has everyone has different experience, uh, different opinion about like what this offseason wants. But you don't disappear for the offseason, contemplate retirement, come back in the season, refuse to play in preseason games, and then come back and then just lay up a complete shit show like that. No offense to anyone out there. Uh, it was it was awful. Yep. And then everyone after the game. Literally says, oh, yeah, you know, we were feeling like we would uh, – or actually Rodgers himself said that, oh, we probably thought that we could uh, run up and down them all day, right? You know, like there were various things. And the only thing that, like, really stuck out to me is that everyone said that the energy levels were flat. Mm-hmm. They were overconfident, and they weren't uh, – they were probably a little bit full of themselves. So overconfidence and kind of the same vein. So a lot of similarities there. Now, the only thing that that showed me was that in three years of Matt LaFleur, there's a there's there's kind of like a trend going on, okay? 2019, you had three bad games, two against the 49ers, both in California, uh, one against the Chargers, also in California, where literally, you know, outcomes of the games aside, we all know what the outcomes were. Uh, Packers lost all three of those games uh, to the 49ers, even worse than to the Chargers. And... After the game, everyone just says energy was flat. We came in flat. We just were looking for something to get going, okay? You think one year, done, move on. Maybe something's going to be different. Well, then you go to the then you go to the second year with Matt LaFleur. You have uh, you have the game against Tampa Bay. And you're starting off this season with that same stuff. So what that tells me is that, one, preparation hasn't been consistent. Mm-hmm. When the Packers – Oh, when the Packers themselves feel like, okay, this is a matchup they have in the back, like everyone felt like they had in the, you know, the Packers had the Saints game in the back yeah. with, especially with the Saints injuries that they had in the secondary. So when they anticipate that they're going to stomp all over someone, that doesn't translate to how they prepare. They kind of, they're kind of a little bit more lax today. That's all that tells me. And I, I seriously hope that Matt LaFleur, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to throw this all on Matt before, but I'm just, I'm just, I just seriously think that now this has gone on for three seasons now where there has been a game or a series of games where players themselves, as well as coaching staff have said, the energy was flat. We were overconfident. We were, uh, you know, feeling ourselves, whatever that, you know, they're saying all these different things after the game, kind of not really giving themselves excuses, but saying, you know, saying like, Oh yeah, we sucked, but this is why. You know, 
this is three years now, so I'm hoping that this is, you know, our worst game of the season. I'm hoping, I mean, this has to be our worst game of the season. I, I, if we put up a field goal, that's it. That's not exactly how we wanted to open it, but that's what we got left with. Yep. How much of that is a player or coach thing, though? Because to me, um, to me, I don't know if I can blame the energy on LaFleur when it seems like when you bring in guys like, for example, the 49ers, it seems like a lot of the energy is generated by the players. You know what I mean? Kittle brings the energy. Fred Warner brings the energy. Like so many of these guys do. And so because like Kyle Shanahan's pretty even keel guy like Matt LaFleur. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's really more of a culture thing as like in the with the within the players because I don't know if you can really blame that on the coach you know what I mean yeah no I, I totally understand and I mean for like a while now I've been saying you know when I've like talked to friends about Packers and other Packer fans themselves like I've always said that like we need a high energy guy you know the Packers they have like a they have like a type of character you know like they have a type stoic. of character that they search for you know very stoic yeah um, maybe it's like in the players that they bring in, they're not very loud. They're not very outspoken. That's the way that they like, it. because uh, when you start bringing in guys that are loud and outspoken, uh, I think the Packers have this philosophy that they cause drama and they cause problems. And they're, you know, the Packers have a front office that very much likes to avoid that. And I think when you operate under that mentality, the guys that you're bringing in, they're also not going to be like these high energy guys. And I mean, like I was really ecstatic about Jair Alexander uh, when he, when he first come in, you know, 2018, when he first came in, he seemed like that high energy guy. I was kind of hoping that he'd become that kind of locker room presence in the defense that would really like kind of light them up when they're down, you know? Um, but then if, you know, I don't know if you watch this, but there was a press conference just this past year or not this past year, a couple of weeks ago, and I mean, he's coming in all zen out, like, you know, really just vibing, you know, really. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, players like that, they're very sure of themselves. They know what they can and can't do. But when you're in those types of games, when you're looking for that juice, when you're looking for something to happen, you as a, as a fan, as a player, as a coach, you got to realize that at some point it fall, uh, you know, as a fan, maybe, maybe not so much as a fan, but as a player and a coach, at some point, you got to, you got to find a way to galvanize your unit. You got to find a way to galvanize your team. And for whatever reason, it's just completely lacked in the, you need a mix you know, completely lacked. Yeah. You, you need a mix. You need but, a Clay Matthews, that kind of guy. Well, even Clay Matthews. You know, was he was pretty going. chill too. Yeah. He was pretty chill. Like but the he, last he, the guy he played was really exciting and stuff. Like, he yeah, got going. Exactly. Exactly. Like he got that. He, if he got in the backfield, he made some plays. He got the last guy that I can think of that really, really could be you know, kind of electrify. Huh? Raji. <laughs> he was a character. I mean, yeah. 2009, 2010. <laughs> yeah. But the last guy that I can think of that could really just like electrify the and not just the crowd, uh, but like electrify the uh, what's, what's it called? Hacker fan base. Not the fan base, but uh, electra the team, the team. Uh, you know, really kind of galvanize them when they're, you know, down, they're kind of going through it was Charles Woodson, to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, Charles Woodson, not very outspoken guy, I don't think, but uh, he was a guy that like, he would, <laughs> I feel like Collinsworth there, uh, but he was a guy that, you know, in a, you know, in those types of moments, like uh, my, we would constantly see in the face of the, you know, secondaries in the face of defensive guys, you know, like lighting them up saying like, this is what we got to get done, you know? Yeah. And 
Buckner, you know, at the very start of the third quarter. Next thing you know, like he's just lying on the bench. He's like scooting closer to Devontae and they're just chilling. You know, I mean, like Aaron, uh, Aaron. Yeah, he's just like chilling on the bench. Like he's scooting closer to Devontae and they're just chilling. I mean, like maybe the camera didn't pan over to them enough uh, for me to see like those moments where they were really talking, where he was maybe with the receiving core, where he was maybe with the running team, whatever, you know, with the running backs and all that. Maybe I just didn't see that. Maybe the camera just didn't pan over for that moment. And if that's the case, you know, my bad. But I just think that when you're inner, uh, when you're, when you're kind of like moments after you kind of made a play, when you need to go back, when you get the opportunity to go back out on the field to really do something else, do something different, and you know, make a play when you need a play, and you know, you're just not communicating with the team, you're not hyping them up, you're not. It's, I feel like that's the moment where you need a head coach to be that guy to electrify yeah. them. And it's when your players aren't. And that's, you know, going back to your question at first. And that's when, you know, I understand maybe it's not the head coach, but there has to be someone. And if it's not going to your players, it has to be the coach. The scary part is, though, when the main guy is Aaron Rodgers, right? And you have what, a third year head coach, right? who might not have as much respect in the league or around the league, how are you supposed to go to the million-dollar man and tell him you need to hype up your ball club when he's been around the block a few times? And also, what did you like? Did you think much into when he... like? Does it make you a little bit mad after the game when he's just like, yeah, you know, we just had a bad game. We'll be back next week. Like, The more and more you keep saying that, it kind of like... It's not a good thing. You know what I mean? You have to, I, I understand moving along and stuff, but, and just having Look, a short memory, but it's just kind of tough when you, I don't know. It's just, it, it's not a team that's, this is a win now kind of team. The more and more you keep saying, oh, next week, we had a bad week this week, we had a bad week this week, then you're freaking seven and seven, barely like vying for a playoff. Like, it's just, I don't know. It kind of is annoying when Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, we had a bad week. It's whatever. It is what it is. It's like NFC is pretty, it's a gauntlet, dude. You know, you have to come in every single week. Yeah, you can't afford bad games, especially like that. Like, no, you know, I understand losing close games, especially against good teams. The Saints, (laughs) I think, based off of how badly they beat the Packers, are now considered a good team. Yeah. And... What I'll say to you, what I'll say to that point is, yeah, it's super, it's super annoying hearing Rodgers go in and say, oh, it's just one bad game. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, you know, like I understand from, uh, you know, personal aspect, you know, maybe like that's, that's the mentality that he has to have in order to best prepare himself for the upcoming week. The only, you know, and I'm not overreacting to this game and saying like, oh, the Packers are done for the season Rodgers. Rodgers is done. He's washed, whatever. I'm not overreacting the game. Mm. I'm saying saying that this is a trend. It's not even a trend, I will say. This is something. It's an instance, I would say, that has happened over three seasons now with Matt LaFleur, where everyone across the board has uniformly said that they were either feeling overconfident about it, which – which seeped into their preparation, which made them felt, which made them feel like they could be a little bit more complacent in their preparation. Or two, when they came in, uh, the energy was just flat. They weren't feeling it. You know, they were waiting to wake up. What I mean, there's quotes. There's thousands, or not thousands. There's there's a bunch of quotes over the past, you know, past three years, uh, 
in each of those games that I, you know, I kind of previously mentioned mm-hmm. afterwards where they made those comments that, Hey, you know, like we lost, we lost poor, we, you know, we lost bad, whatever the case is. And then, you know, they're saying like, Oh yeah, energy was flat, you know, like stuff like that. And it's just like, okay, I understand maybe like, maybe like that first season, maybe he's still getting his bearings. Right. Okay. Second season, Tampa Bay, you know, maybe I'll give credit to Tampa Bay's defense that just knocked the offense out of the game. Maybe I'll give credit to them. But when it's coming in like this, it's the first game of the season, man. You got to be pumped up. You got to be like ready to go. How can your energy be flat? Mm-hmm. You know? So like, I'm not, I'm not like overreacting. I'm not saying that, you know, Packers are done, whatever. I'm just saying that this has just been a reoccurring thing. Uh, it's happened you know, at least four times, maybe more where you need those guys. You need the leaders. You need, you need someone to step up and galvanize the team. When things aren't going your way, when you get punched, how do you pick back up and punch back? And I mean, Matt LaFleur kind of said it after the game in the post, uh, in the conference, post game conference, he said, we're about to, he said that he told his guys that they're about to find out what type of team they are and it's true, like, they got punched badly week one. Yep. But it's also week one. So I understand Rodgers saying, like, it's just one game. But it's the way you came into it. It's the way you prepared for it. It's your attitudes, your motivations, what's going on on the back end. That's what's important. And, I mean, like, no one's really questioning that for Rodgers. Um, or at least, like, he wasn't directly asked that. I'm sure some fan base are – I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure somebody a lot of question retirements. Exactly. Yeah. People are questioning. But at the same time, it's like it's just one game. I understand what Rogers is saying, but it's gotta be it can't be in the grand scheme of the time that Matt LaFleur has has been there, it's actually not just been one game. That's Yep. Well, it's, I can tell this is bothering you a little bit. If this was a good therapy session for you, I feel like that was good for you to get that off your back there or off your chest. Because I can tell you had a lot to say right there. I'm and you're not- noticing that there's been a little bit of a um, flatness in f- some games where they're too sure of themselves. You know what I mean? But yeah. You frozen? I mean, yeah, I was prepped for that. Basically, since loss, I was like, I know Kellen's going to ask me because I was so confident. I'm like, yep. I know Kellen's going to ask me in the pod. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I had that prepped. But it's perfect, know. though. I, I, I made sure to like do my due diligence. Yes. <laughs> but it's perfect, though, that you brought this up because um, it is very – I know that people are just trying to make headlines and stuff, but there have been a significant amount of overreactions in just reacting to week one because ESPN came out with their power rankings and they had, I believe they had the Buffalo bills ranked number five or something. And then they had the Pittsburgh Steelers ranked barely in the top 10. And I was watching the Pat McAfee show and he was saying that we kind of settled this debate since the Steelers went into the bill, like beat the bills like head to head, they should obviously be ahead of them. But at the same time, I'm willing to look at a bigger picture. Who's the better football team? Who's going to make it the longest? Who has a younger squad? And I, well, I mean, younger, I don't know about that. I mean, the Bills are pretty experienced in their like secondary and stuff. But I mean, I would be willing to say that the Bills have a 
better football team than the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though the Pittsburgh Steelers beat them head to head. So, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing to have the Bills ranked ahead of a team that just lost them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if the Bucks would have lost to the Cowboys, I don't think I would be there to say that the Cowboys are better than the Bucks. You know what I'm saying with that? There's just been so many overreactions, I feel like. And even, even with the Giants losing um to the broncos people are just obviously ready to go like i'm I'm done with danny dimes but it's like okay come on it's week one the broncos have a pretty good defense okay they're not that bad of a football football team there's so many people jump into early conclusions and i know it's just to make content and stuff but it's just kind of frustrating to hear yeah so speaking of biggest overreactions uh like i said uh or like you previously mentioned it's just week one lots of overreactions so i kind of scanned through Instagram and Twitter to kind of look at the biggest fan overreactions. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to kind of list them off. Give me your take cap or facts. All right. Cap or facts, baby. New segment. Let's go. All right. Cardinals are the best team in the NFC. NFC. Woo. I mean, they Kyler whipped out his Murray and pissed all over the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I mean, they played like one of the best teams in football. <laughs> I'm telling you. He, did you see his one fadeaway, high arcing pass in Christian? I think it was Christian Kirk caught Christian it over Kirk, his head. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> that was probably one of the best plays on the weekend besides Terry McLaurin's catch. So, I mean, best team in the NFL. I'm going to go from week one. Dude, no, that's, that's cap for sure. That's cap. All right. All right, Cowboys are a Super Bowl contending team this year. Cap, 100% cap. <laughs> You're I, not convinced? I'm not. <laughs> I know mathematically speaking, because they they were hung with the Bucks, they should technically be Super Bowl contenders, right? What do you think? I think I think they are a Super Bowl contending team only because I'm picking them to win the division now. After the Eagles? How can uh, you even no, say they're I, the best in their I'm division? I think I think the Cowboys are picking them to beat the division. So I do think that they are a Super Bowl contender. You you think the Cowboys are better than the Eagles? Yes. You think the Cowboys are better than Washington? Yep. You think they're better than the Giants? Yep. <laughs> I'm picking the Cowboys to win their division. Yep. I think I the Am only I'm talking thing, to the real only, Darsh right now. Like, is that actual? You're a hundred percent because Washington football team just lost Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles still have. A bunch of question marks in the defense. Now hey. the Cowboys just lost to Marcus Lawrence today, but he'll come back. And I think that that will keep their defense exactly what it did against the Bucks. And I think their offense can shoot out any team anywhere, basically. Yeah. Professor Darsh, I have a question for you. Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. Washington football team better with Fitzpatrick or Heineke? Fitzpatrick. No. Heineke, Heineke did not Heineke <laughs> did not beat out Fitzpatrick in training camp. That is that tells me that Ron Rivera thought that he had more to win with Fitzpatrick than with Heineke. Okay. And what that tells me as a fan is that I should probably trust the coach in thinking that Fitzpatrick would be better. All right. What does Mariota do to the Washington football team if they trade for him? If that elevates them, that changes them. I, but I still think that that puts them in the ballpark of you know, probably being the second team out west, or sorry, out east, if not, 
Yeah, actually, no, I still think the Cowboys beat up Washington. What do you think about that, though? Because I read an article because I was thinking I was going through because obviously Marcus Murray, he had that like 30 yard scamper on on Monday Night Football. And it reminded me because he had that awesome half against the Chargers last season. And I also I saw a thing because he cut down his contract or whatever significantly by like seven million dollars or like earlier in the offseason. And he did that in order to be more accessible for a trade. And apparently they tried to trade the Washington football team, tried to trade for him before that or something. And it didn't go through, but now it's really interesting. Cause yeah, I honestly think he could offer a lot, but I also see John Gruden is in love with him. Cause I remember when he went on John Gruden's QB camp, he couldn't get enough of Marcus Mariota. So I don't <laughs> think that they could, re- I don't think he'd be willing to do that, especially if Derek goes down it, I think that they stay at a similar level talent-wise at quarterback. I mean, I think that Marcus Mariota can keep the Raiders in it in the AFC. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think that he would be really good on the – All right. Next overreaction. The Houston Texans will win their division. Cap or fact? Absolute caparoni. There's no way they're better than the Colts, though. All right. I also think that's cap. I I think that they got – I mean, they beat – they beat Trevor Lawrence and the Jags first game. You know, that's Trevor Lawrence's first game of the season, whatever. He's still getting his bearings right. They didn't put up points. He threw almost like three picks or two or three picks or something like that. I was wrong. I think the Texans capitalized on that. I was wrong, huh? Because I said that he was going to have a seamless transition in the NFL. And he had a little <laughs> bit of, he had some issues there. Against the so I'm, I'm still th- yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm thinking the Colts are still going to win that division. Shout All out Tyrod. Right. Tyrod <laughs> Ty played, Ty played out. But also, uh, Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, and Mark Ingram all scored. That, those are their running backs. They that's all scored touchdowns. Yeah, that's crazy how they use them. All right. Yeah. The NFC West is the best division in all of football. Mm-hmm. Cap or fact? Facts. It's, it's easy facts. It's easy. Right, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I, I don't think that's an overreaction at all uh, because in the NFC West, you not only have the Seahawks, the 49ers, and the Rams, you also have the Cardinals, and we saw exactly what the Cardinals are capable of doing against even a team like the Titans, which were one of the best teams in the AFC last year. I have a capper facts for you. AFC West, best, second best division of football. That is cap. Uh, I think the Raiders got away with one against the Ravens. And I think that uh, after that, the Broncos, no, or am I, do you want me to say like, no, no, no. You think AFC North is second best? Uh, No, I don't think the AFC North is. Yes, I do think that they, I thought I was thinking of like the Patriots Dolphins and that. Yeah. The AFC North is uh, the second best division because you have the Steelers, you have the Ravens, you have the Browns, and then you have the Bengals. Bengals up and coming team. I'm still picking those three, those top three though, the Steelers, Ravens, Browns. I'm thinking that they're going to shake it out. I think they all make the playoffs this year. But uh, NFC West is the best division in football. I Dude, do I'm, that. All right. oh, God, I know you want to keep rolling through these, but they bring up so many interesting topics. I love that you made this segment for sure. I do the AFC West, NFC West all went undefeated week one, baby. And I think the Broncos are going to actually surprise some teams. With their I think they're going to surprise some teams for sure. I think I, but at the end of the day, are they? What'd you say? You cut out really fast. Uh, are they going to be a nine and eight? Oh, okay. But at the end of the day, are they an eight, nine team or are they going to do better? And I think yeah. they're going to cap out probably eight, nine most. Yeah. Okay. As the chargers and the chiefs better 
than the Browns and the Ravens? Like, are the top two teams think, in the AFC West better than the top two teams in the AFC North? Are we talking just teams or entertaining football? Don't those go hand in hand a little bit? Because you can pound like, for pound, I, say I more like, entertaining, I, like the AFC West, obviously. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, no. Well, the Ravens. Say, I, I'm actually going to say the Browns Ravens are going to be more entertaining, uh, enter, entertaining game to watch. Wow, but I think let's go because I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers Chiefs is going to be a grueling matchup, and I feel like it's mainly because the Chargers have a pretty solid defense there. Yeah, and. and I feel like it's just going to be a grueling football match this year. I don't yeah. feel like it's going to be like the lights out. Uh, what was that? What was that game last year? Like the 41, 34, whatever. I don't think it's going to be like that at all. Like it was last year. I think it's going to be a little bit more on line of like 24, 26, you know, hovering around that they're still going to put up points, but not quite as much uh, just because like both teams, they've kind of improved a little bit. Tyron Matthews going to be coming back for the Chiefs. That's, I mean, that's going to be getting into it. I think the most entertaining team, uh, Browns, Ravens, that are the most entertaining matchup would be that one. Uh, but as far as like best team, I'm also going to go with uh, Browns Ravens, just because I, I, you and I are both high on this. Uh, you and I are both high on the uh, chargers. chargers. Right. Uh, but we both have to admit that the chargers, even after knocking out one of the best defenses in the league uh, this past week in the Washington football team, the chargers are still going to need to prove a couple more things before we're ready to say, okay, yeah, they're the, you know, they're the second best team in the NFC or the second best team in the AFC or something like that. I definitely think that they are a sleeper team. I definitely think they're going to make a push in the playoff for sure, but I'm just not ready to say, hey, you know, they're, they're the second. So are you saying Browns are better than Chiefs? Is it, it, Who's the best team in the AFC or, or as a whole? I'm, I'm taking the Browns. I think the Browns lost that game on last that game to the Chiefs uh, based off of, you know, Baker trying to do heroics. They also got away with the. They also got away from the run yeah. in the second half, which they shouldn't have done because the run is what made them so successful in the first half. Um, so there were a lot of semantics in there with how the game was coached within the final, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes, basically 20, 30 minutes. I want to say uh, there was just a lot of semantics with the way that it kind of coached out. It was it, that loss. I mean, Baker tried to play hero ball. He didn't get the final drive or he didn't score on the final drive. There were a lot of things in that. Uh, but I do think the Browns overall are going to be the better team in the, in, in the AFC. Like I said, I'm really high on, or like I said, no, I know week, you I'm are. really high on the running back duo. Right. So if, if the Chargers were to get a season sweep over the chiefs, would you consider them the best team in the AFC? That's a hard one. That, that honestly is a hard question. And the, and the reason why I say, uh, the reason why I think it's a hard question is because the Browns biggest question marks aren't defensively are, are, are not defensively. Their biggest question mark is on the offense because which is crazy outside of considering yeah, their weapons. Exactly. But their biggest question mark is because we still don't know what the status of Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be. Kevin Stavansky came out today and said, Hey, Odell's not going to play this upcoming week. So Odell's already out. That's two weeks that Odell's going to be out. That means that there's two weeks of us not knowing what the hell Odell's, you know, is he going to return to form? Is he going to be better? Is he going to be worse? What's his, you know, what's it going to shake out? And how he performs directly impacts how the Browns do because he is technically their top receiver. Mm -hmm. Even if he got injured in like week six last year, he's still technically the top receiver for the Browns. So we don't know how that's going to shake out. Now for the Chargers, 
we know what they're capable of. They have Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams, and then Guyton. Guyton and Josh Jaylen. Palmer, they're reliable. Yeah, they're reliable third and fourth round, or not third and fourth, <laughs> they're third and fourth receivers uh, for Justin Herbert. And we know, yeah. and I feel like we're just going to expect a lot of passing from Justin Herbert just mm-hmm. because, one, he's got one of the best O-lines in the, uh, in the AFC. Corey Lindsley, Brian Belaga, just named former Packers on that O-line, but he has one of the best O-lines in the AFC. So that means that they're going to be effective with run, but we just think that that just means he's going to have a lot of time in the pocket to get those plays off. Mm-hmm. That said, outside of Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler has durability issues. And then you have Justin Jackson stepping in. So what does that mean for them? You know, if Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson go down, who steps up? I know Roundtree was kind of thrown in there. I think they drafted him this past year too. So we just don't know outside of those top two options what it's going to look like for that running back team. And I feel like at the end of the day, I just need to see more from the Chargers. I feel like I'm not ready to claim one way or another. Like I said, I, I just need to see more reps out of that uh, Washington football team. They're a damn good defense. And um, the fact I, that – yeah, go ahead. Brian Bulaga, man's wanted to yeah. tap out. Want to know why? Because there's a man why? named Chase Young that is an absolute manhandler. Brian Bulaga, I'm pretty sure he went out of the game and my dad and I were watching the game and stuff because I have to watch Washington football team um, in between the Niners commercials and stuff. And they said Brian Bulaga's injured. And I'm sure he was really injured, but me and my dad were making a joke that's like, nah, he's not <laughs> injured, bro. He just doesn't want to block Chase Because <laughs> can you really blame him? He's an absolute freak of nature. Because there was one crazy play where um, the Chargers got in. It was like towards the end of the game when the Chargers put the game away. But the Chargers made it like a, it was like a second and one or something. And Chase Young destroyed the right tackle and then had a, it made it like a loss of five yards. So it made it like a third and six or something, dude. It was ridiculous. He's an absolute game changer. When you think the game's out of hand, just let Chase Young eat because he will. He's I, he's probably, I don't want to say it, but he's got to be up there in terms of the best pass rushers in the NFL, dude. Like, I don't, there's not a lot of guys that can impact a game as much as he can besides like Bosa and TJ, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll say about that is that as far as effectiveness, uh, I'm sh- obviously like he, you always have to game plan for Chase Young, but as far as effectiveness against Chargers, he had one tackle, tackle mm-hmm. for loss. And then that was that two one, yeah. assisted tackles, and that was it. No sacks. Only the Chargers O line only gave up two sacks. That's good. The entire yeah, the entire game. But so, and we all know that that Washington football team they're gonna eat, bro. They're gonna eat this year. They're gonna eat so many sacks this year. So it's the fact that they only gave up two, I give credit to them. But yeah, I just need to see more from the Chargers before I'm ready. I think that the Browns are ready. I think they can play. They just got to keep it together. Uh, Kevin Spansky, this is this is only his second year with the Browns, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You like so, the Browns? Are you sure you're not a Browns I'm, fan? I'm high on the Browns. No, dude, <laughs> I, honestly, I, honestly, like if Packers start going south, like I might, I, I might have to like pull. I might have to pull the Browns in to be like my second team. Isn't that something. crazy that we're talking about the Browns and that high? No, dude, hard? I'm, I'm high on the Browns, bro. I'm high on the Browns this year. I'm it's, also it's high on the Chargers. Browns. They haven't had a lot to cheer yeah. for recently. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm also it's, high on the Chargers, but I'm just higher on the Browns. Got so. it. I like Capperfax. That was great. That was fantastic. And we kind of got a little recap of week one too, right in there. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. Do you have any, um, what's your, besides the saints, absolutely destroying. And I don't understand when I looked at the stat line of Jameis Winston, how do you only have like less than 200 yards passing with like five touchdowns? Isn't that crazy? Cause they, bro. I mean, you know, you know, as well as anybody, the Packers can't stop the run. Okay. It's been a problem since the beginning of time. And for whatever reason, the Packers can't stop the run, no matter how much or who you or whatever they do to try to stop. All right. So, I mean, overall, was it was more of like ball positioning or yeah, it was, it was mainly like ball positioning, uh, you know, running all over the Packers defense, Kevin King. whatever, whatever you will. They put up almost, uh, yeah, they almost put up like close to like 200 yards. I want to say crazy. No, that's, that's a lie. Uh, almost like close to 170 yards rushing. So more than they did passing. And I think James Winston did, did really good mop up duty. Uh, he vultured Alvin Kamara's touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown. I know Alvin Kamara got a passing touchdown, but rushing touchdown is what he vultured. So I will, uh, yeah. What's your biggest surprise there from week one though? Biggest overall. surprise overall. Like, uh, I think I kind of previously mentioned, uh, I think the Raiders got lucky. That was a fantastic game. I thought the games all around, like, okay, we had, we had like nine or 10 upsets. So the games all around fantastic. I loved watching all of them. Uh, the only thing I was going to say, uh, was that the, I guess like the biggest surprise was Eagles routing the Falcons, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, legit. I understand the hype around him. I totally get it. But it's also just Falcons. I thought the Falcons' defense had approved a lot more with all the pieces that they were adding within the offseason. Clearly, I was wrong. And uh, I, I think that this was also hey, the It's first only week game. one. Don't overreact. I Also, also, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but it's also week one in the sense of Arthur Smith, Matt Ryan, and that offense kind of like figuring out how they're going to – play i guess how you know he's kind of arthur smith who's their head coach he's still kind of gets bearing so i, sh- I guess i should expect it but I, I did not expect the eagles to put up 32 points and the falcons to only put up six i thought they would have been a little bit more put together so i'd say that is uh, one of my biggest surprises but probably even more so than that is that the 49ers lions game and i know you want to talk about this one yeah i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you about this yeah so the so so <laughs> Shut up. So dude. at one point, <laughs> you, you midway, midway, huh? we had a bunch of guys go down. Drew Greenlaw with the groin. Uh, freaking Jason Verrett is gone for the season. Raheem Mostert's gone. Oh, injuries are funny. Injuries are funny, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, like, I apologize wow. for this. I, I apologize for this because literally last I want week you to I said, <laughs> apologize to Raheem and Jason right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Raheem. I'm sorry, Jason. I jinxed you guys. Yeah. Shame on you, my guy. Bro, I literally, I literally said it last week as a joke, and then Raheem goes down, Brett goes down, and then what, what was the other guy's name? The guy on the defense, uh, Dre Green line. Oh yeah, he goes down. I'm just like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like at one point, you guys were up 38 to 10, 41 17. 41-17. But yeah, 38 to 10 as well. And then, <laughs> and then the Lions put up 23 points. <laughs> oh my god. I want to know that um oh, even Eric Armstead's down too. 
But I want to know the statistical odds of I remember I it was it was five around five minutes left in the game. Dan Campbell is in his headset right now. It's 41-17. He's saying, God, God damn, there's five minutes left. Let's keep grinding. I could like read his lips or whatever. I blink. It's 41-33 freaking the Jared Goff has the ball, and I think they threw it to like Quintez Cephas or one of the tight ends, and they almost have it in on our side of the 50. It's absolutely insane. But also, I want to know the statistical odds of going down, scoring touchdown, two-point conversion, onside kick recovery, um, and then going down, scoring two-point conversion. Like that, that, that has to be seriously <laughs> low odds. Dude, I don't know. I just remember, I'm like, oh, I, I remember seeing 38 to 10. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the Niners did exactly what, uh, you know, we expected them to do. And then all of a sudden I see, okay, well, then I actually like check the stats. I'm like, Raheem Mostert, two two rushes. I'm like, what happened with Raheem? And I think I texted you at that point. I was like, dude, what happened with Raheem? You knew exactly what happened with Raheem. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be back and he's going to freaking win Offensive Player of the Year or something, bro. Next so year, many bro. people have been he's out for bashing him on social media and to his wife. It's ridiculous yeah. how you can DM somebody. It's like, yeah, you think he wants to be in this position, bro? Yeah. It's ridiculous. He didn't ask for me to jinx him. It just happened. Exactly. You shouldn't have even said anything, man. He would have been I the... Bro. But Debo Samuel, surprise. Um, I had him on my bench. 30 points on the bench hurts a little bit. 30 points just sitting oh, there right oh. on the bench. Oh, guess what? Debo Samuel scores a touchdown, second in the league in um, receiving yards. Marquise Brown catches a touchdown. Sterling Shepard catches a touchdown. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts even scored a touchdown. Have all these guys on my bench. It's ridiculous. And like, um, one thing I am going to say is people were sleeping on it. Like Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram's out, but like in Darius Slayton also. Yeah. I will say one thing. If anybody out there listening is anybody, if anybody's out here listening, get Sterling Shepard because I don't care what anybody says. Daniel Jones looks for number three on every, he had like nine targets, like six something receptions, touchdown. Like Sterling Shepard is one of Danny Dimes' like favorite guys, no matter what any of the IBM Watson shit says on ESPN fantasy football, bro. He is the guy that Daniel Jones wants to go to. So pick him up. I have him because I'm a legend, but. I always lose. I think besides you, you and me had the lowest amount of points scored. And now we're, bro, playing each I other. had a terrible week. Yeah, I had a too. terrible week of fantasy football, bro. Yeah. And it was partly because in almost all my leagues, I have a combination of Rogers Jones or Adams. There's a combination. I, I at least have two of the three. So yeah. uh, whether it be my fault or uh, just <laughs> pure dumb luck, that is what I deal with. So, yeah, uh, but yeah. do you want to get into these week two matchups and then close this baby out? Let's do it. All right. You want to start with TNF? Let's go. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Uh, Taylor Heineke uh, pulling up last minute, I want to say. I mean, he's had the entire week to prefer, uh, prepare, but it's a short week. So I'm picking the Giants to win this one. I think Danny Dimes pops off. He's going to throw – Three touchdowns, three, four touchdowns, I want to say. And I think this is going to be the little bit of a soft reboot for the season, I want to say. I mean, it's just week one, like I said. Don't overreact. But this is going to be a soft <laughs> reboot for the Giants. They're going to kind of get things to click. I know they're still waiting on their – off. Uh, they're, they're still waiting on that running game to kind of kick in. They want to know 
They're going to bring uh, Saquon Barkley in slowly. We're all going to see that shake out this game for sure. I, I think I'm going to go Washington. What? I think I got to go Washington. I think the pass rush gets to Danny. Pressure leads Bro, to mistakes. Danny's your guy. He is. But also Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, and Terry McLaurin. That's a freakishly great. That's a fantastic threesome right there, bro. I mean, I don't know how you can even deny that. I think I need I need Antonio to go off. Daniel Jones isn't on my fantasy team. I love the man. Hope he does throw three or four touchdowns. But I hope Antonio scores five or six. So Terry McLaurin gets on the board. I don't know. I'm going to go with Washington. That, that defense is too good. They held Justin Herbert to one touchdown. What do you think they're going to hold Danny Dimes to? Uh, to four. <laughs> four touchdowns. Right? At least. No, he looked good at times. It's just they don't finish in the red zone. He had a fumble in the red zone. I mean, it's just not a Danny Dimes day if you don't turn the ball over. I love the man. And people saying, like Rex Ryan saying, I'm done with him. All these people saying it's over. I don't think it's over for him. He just needs to find a way to protect the ball and turn the ball over maybe every three or four games instead of every game. Because when they don't turn the ball, when they don't turn the ball yeah, over, ball they're going to win games. Yeah, ball protection has always been an issue. With Saquon needs to get rolling though. Their offensive line did nothing for him. Well, I mean, Saquon also only took like what, like six snaps the entire game. I don't know. Or he only rushed like six times the entire game. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I, they're bringing him back slowly. I'm not really worried about that. But yeah, ball protection has always been a thing with Danny Dimes. I was thinking that this year, Joe Judge, second year, Joe Judge's offense. I think maybe they kind of tighten things up. Yeah. But I think that Darius Slayton still missing a lot of game here because I think they're going to lock down on Shepard and Gall- Galladay, and I think it's oh. going to leave stuff open for Kadarius and Darius Slayton. Oh, you know what I just realized? You could probably uh, cut this out. But uh, for all of our, like, forward-looking games, for, like, the five games that we have for this upcoming week, we should do, like, our fantasy standouts for each game. I agree. Let's do it. Like, uh, But, like, standouts in the sense of, like, a uh, like a deep league waiver wire pickup. So like we'll, we'll go over like who we think will win all like the normal shit we already do, but then also like think of like, okay, we're looking for like a fantasy flyer. Who's it going to be? Okay. Like a random guy that you don't know. <laughs> Not like a random guy. We don't know. Like a random guy we know, but like the most people would have on their like team. someone that we could like, yeah. Who most people wouldn't have them on their team. Like he's going to be on the waiver wire. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. We can do that for sure. All right. So you're going to Giants. I'm going Washington. Yep. I think Terry Dane McLaurin. Dimes, and he's going to be on the waiver wire. Pick him up. <laughs> 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 if you need to stream a quarterback. If yeah. Oh yeah. Danny, Danny. Um, all right. Niners Eagles. It's going to be a fun one. Really fun game. Yeah. I'm excited for this game. Uh, first, I'll, I'm surprised we can talk about this, but Niners Lions, first showing of that two quarterback system we talked about in the preseason. So successful. that was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Very successful. Uh, I mean, uh, successful for what we've seen of it so far. So against the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Against the lines. I think the Niners to win this, you know, handily, I think this is going to be a very high scoring game though. Uh, if the Niners Lions game was any indication, I'm thinking that the Niners defense has, you know, has some gaps in there, uh, especially at the, I think Greenlaw's middle linebacker. No. Okay. Let's get this straight here. We okay. took guys out. Things got a little shaky because we lost a DB1. Okay. Uh-huh. That's that's Brett, tough. Yeah. 
and then you bring him back in, and that's going to shake up your rhythm a little bit. Like, I don't care okay. what anybody okay, says. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, okay. and also, you you lose DB1, Dre Greenlaw yeah. goes out, Eric Armstead, I mean, like, it kind of it sucks. And our guys were exhausted. They were playing so hard, like Nick Bosa, all those guys are just like, what the hell is happening right now? You Debo Samuel, <laughs> we catch a first down, game's over. George Kittle, if there's no bad hop, the game's over right there. It hits off his face mask. Like, the most sure-handed guy on our team gets a bad hop right in the face mask and they get the ball back. I mean, like, I don't, I don't read too much into it. They just made stupid mistakes. Basically, it was a madden game turning into real life i mean what are the odds of our debo samuel almost having 200 yards um receiving and then he fumbles after a first down pickup like no no, no no i'll give you that i'll give you that but i'm i'm just saying for the sake of a good matchup here i'm just thinking you know i think the niners might have some gaps With the, the speed middle. no i will give him that Devonte smith yeah. jalen rager could pose problems especially playing zone Big time. So I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna pick the. I'm still gonna pick the Niners to beat the Eagles. I'm thinking that this is gonna be the game for Elijah Mitchell. I'm really feeling Elijah Mitchell. He was probably he's probably already been picked up by people who already lost Raheem Mostert. But I'm picking Elijah Mitchell. I think he's just gonna is that be a jab at me, dude? A, huh? Is that a jab at me? Elijah Mitchell. Guys that lost Raheem Mostert probably have Elijah Mitchell right now. Wow, no, I'm just saying generally. You're a cold blooded guy. <laughs> I'm just saying generally. What the I have him. I picked up a uh, No, <laughs> dude. I, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying Elijah Mitchell is probably like going to shame, be the pickup. Shame, shame. <laughs> what do you mean? What did I do? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. But you're like, guys, it lost Raheem Mostert. Probably pick up Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, we did, okay. It jumped up like it jumped up like fifty percent. I think fifty percent of people have him rostered, and they had it was like one before one um, before like the before yesterday. It was like one percent right. up to fifty. Um, well, regardless, I'm I'm picking Elijah Mitchell to go off for hundred twenty plus yards rushing and two touchdowns this game. Wow, I would really love that. Really, really love that. <laughs> um, I think that this game's gonna send Eagles fans like back down to reality. <laughs> like they just show them that I don't think that you guys are Jalen Hurts is great, but this is this is an actual Super Bowl contending team, so you're gonna have some problems. Um, okay, Cowboys Chiefs, uh, Cowboys Chargers. What's up, Taco Man? You go, you go. Okay, me go. Cowboys Chargers. Cowboys looking great. Everybody so high on them. I mean, I didn't really expect the Bucks game to go as well as it did. Oh, one thing I did want to mention <laughs> last week, week one, primetime games couldn't have won any better. Monday night football was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And Thursday night football is absolutely fantastic as well. I was writing the Raiders off. Sunday when night football was kind of like. Oh, oh, I forgot. Sunday night football. I don't really can't. That doesn't. That's stupid. Yeah. Matt Stafford, dude. I'm, I'm sick and tired of that. The Rams, that is absolute cap. <laughs> Everyone is so high on Matt Stafford and the Rams. Get the hell out of here. When's the dude? The Rams, ever since the um, Debo Samuel has been drafted, guess how many times the Rams have beat the Niners? Settle. We've played them four times, haven't won. They haven't won a game. And you know who absolutely. That was also with Jared Goff. I don't give a crap. You know who's uh, Jalen Ramsey's daddy? Debo Samuel. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey tries to get under his skin every time, and Debo just lowers his shoulder. He's like, get the hell off me, bro. I, I hate the Rams with the absolute passion. Air Donald's cool and all, but Daniel Brunskill, he's your daddy too, so I don't even care. I Wait, hate, do, you the hate the, do you hate the Seahawks or the Rams more? 
right now with all the hype the Rams are getting, I would almost I almost hate the Rams more than the Seahawks. But once we run into the Seahawks, I don't really care. I mean, I, I care a lot. I care a lot. I hate the Seahawks. I hate Russell Wilson. He's such he's so good. It's annoying. His accuracy with the deep ball to Tyler Lockett and DK. It's just it's 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 unreal, dude. He's so good. But back to the Chargers. I think that Justin Herbert's going to throw for like three or four touchdowns against the Cowboys because I don't see the Cowboys really stopping him on offense. Um, Keelan Allen's going to go off. Mike Dubbs is going to go off. Austin Eckler. I mean, I just, they're really good. And even the Chargers defense is pretty solid. Like Kenneth Murray, bro. That's my boy. I think Derwin James is questionable, but I'm not I just think the Chargers are a better football team at this point. I'm really high on them. I'm going to go with the Chargers. And I think Justin Herbert's going to finally pop off. Uh, I'm also going to go with the Chargers. I think the Cowboys start the season 0-2. Uh, I'm picking the Chargers because I think that they just have a little bit more pieces, especially since today it was just announced that DeMarcus Lawrence is out. Uh, foot. Yeah, with a, with a foot. He's going to be back this rest of the, uh, you know, later on in the season for sure. But I think lo- losing him is going to be a big blow to the Cowboys' defense, especially up the middle. So I'm, I'm expecting guys like, Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, uh, mainly Eckler. I'm expecting him to have a great game this year or this week. I think it's a high scoring. Uh, as far score. as a uh, high scoring, yeah, no, very, uh, yeah, very high scoring game. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking as far as like someone to pick up on the waiver wire this uh, this week. I'm thinking Guyton. Guyton's going to be a good pick. Yeah, uh, especially since Keenan Allen is probably going to face Trevon Diggs pretty much the entire game uh, as we saw from last week Sharon Diggs locked up Mike Evans only allowed like one one or two catches pretty much the entire game like one or two catches for 14 yards pretty much the entire game Chris Godwin was open so, all the time baby yeah Chris Godwin was off, uh, open all the time so I'm, I'm expecting a similar thing to happen with the Chargers where we're going to see Mike Williams and one of either Chris Guyton or Josh Palmer isn't it be those Guyton? open guys uh Guyton Jalen Guyton? Uh, Jalen Guyton. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer. Okay. I like it. Imagine yeah. if so the, um, I'm, I'm picking Guyton though, because Mike Williams probably rostered somewhere else. So I'm picking yeah. Guyton to be that free guy. Oh, Williams is 100% rostered. Justin is rostered in 80% of leagues or something. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So that means for sure that Guyton's going to be available. So definitely pick him up if you 100%. got that spot and need a flyer at receiver. Yeah. Uh, okay. Chiefs Ravens. AFC, baby. I am picking. Ooh, this this is gonna be a really tough one. I feel like I, I feel like I just have to pick Mahomes. I doubted him last week. He made me pay for it, so I'm gonna pick him this week, and I'm gonna hope and pray that Clyde Edwards Elair pops off. Wow! I think the Ravens uh, have. I think the Ravens are gonna be. I think they're top 10 defense for sure. I just don't think they're top five. And Patrick Queen lays the lumber. I know. I know he does. And Patrick Queen, another guy that I wish the Packers would have drafted, but they didn't because we know (laughs) Jordan Love. Uh, But whatever. I am picking, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. And I'm just hoping and praying that Clyde Edwards Lair pops off. Yeah. Uh, as far as a guy to pick up, I'm thinking Sammy Watkins is probably going to be a guy that's on a lot of people's. Oh, Sammy uh, Watkins. Waiver. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm Sammy Watkins is probably going to be on a lot oh, of waiver. I've got this a good. Year. Demarcus Robinson. Okay. 
for the I Chiefs. I think that he could be a good one. He always is. Um, I mean, since it's so early in the season, everybody's still probably really healthy. But like later down the line, mm-hmm. if somebody gets hurt, like he's mm-hmm. definitely because he's super duper fast and really explosive. And Patrick will hit him with a drag that goes for 80, 70 or eighty yards some point of this season. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like him a lot. You got anybody else for fantasy? No, just Sammy Watkins. That's it. Oh yeah, Sammy. Oh yeah, I'm surprised Sammy's not. Same with Devonte Parker. He's not rostered in some of the leagues too, which is mm-hmm. really surprising to me. Same with Jameson Crowder. He's going to be back too for the Jets. And who else? Who else is another guy that was really surprising? I think Paris Campbell as well. But oh, Zach Pascal. He had like two touchdowns for the Colts. Yeah, that was that was really surprising. Even though Michael Pittman was wide receiver number one. I told you what I tell you. I know you were right about that. You were right about that. He was just listed as wide receiver one. That didn't necessarily mean that he was technically the number one wide receiver because Pascal and uh, Pascal and oh man, he just said his name, Campbell, Paris Campbell. They both out targeted Mike Michael Pittman. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, last one, Leones. Versus uh, Jameis Winston's son. <laughs> Packers Lions. Goffy versus A Rod. Yeah, I'm definitely picking the Packers to win this one. Why are you super uh, confident? Super confident. Not as confident as last. <laughs> what? You're cutting out a little bit. Okay, Packers got the shit slapped out of them last week, so I'm hoping that they don't come in overconfident Yeah, uh, this year. Or not this year, but this week. They don't come in overconfident against the Packers this year. And, or against Lions. And since it is a Monday night game, I'm hoping that they come in a little bit more prepared uh, and ready to go. I'm, I'm expecting... Everyone in the I'm expecting everyone in the Packers to bounce back. I'm thinking it's gonna be a very uh, very high scoring game for the Packers. I'm thinking the Lions are probably probably gonna put up maybe like 20 points, probably not much more than that, but I'm thinking the Packers are easily gonna be putting up 40 points. Uh, if they don't come in overconfident, like little bitches. Exactly. Bold prediction for this week, and then we're out of here. All right. Bold prediction for this week. Um, Give it from a game that we haven't talked about. Yeah, Dolphins beat Bills, and uh, Miles Gaskin goes off for 150 and two touchdowns. Nobody's nobody's uh, dreams came true last week. Nope. Not even, not even mine with George Kittle. Dang it! But it's okay. My prediction is that Sammy Darnold. Throws four touchdowns against the New Orleans Saints in a dub over the Saints. Let's go. That's my prediction. Robbie Anderson has a big game. And the Panthers go 2 0. I can't believe that. What? Probably based off of records. Or based off of not records, based off performances, Rogers is probably ranked like the worst quarterback in the league right now. Yep, for throwing two interceptions, two, two interceptions, and no touchdowns. Yeah, no touchdowns. So he's probably ranked as the worst quarterback in the league right now. 
It was so funny. I watched a video and it said like Aaron Rodgers attempts an arm punt that gets returned for 50 yards. And it was that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. The second interception. Yeah. It's so funny, dude. Okay. Well, this was great. I'm going to edit this up and we'll get it out. All right. Yeah. Bro. Fantastic. Um, I like the segments. I'll contribute next time and we'll think of more stuff to like break it up too. Yeah. But I, I think a solid, like, we at least got a solid one cap or facts. Exactly. I know. I love so it. We can, like, break up. And exactly. then, like, we obviously still have, like, the arm going, like, five games and we just rapid fire go through. So, mm-hmm. perfecto. Yeah. That was fun. We did a recap, everything. Oh, yeah. All right. I know it's, what is it? It's almost midnight. 11 30 for me. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Okay. We'll get out of here. Go to bed. Good night. <laughs> All right. Peace, Thank you. <laughs>